everyone, I'm Taffney Hopper, and you're listening to Talking Nonprofits, a podcast about the world of nonprofits. Each week, I'll be interviewing a nonprofit leader, and we will discuss their mission and core purpose, their challenges, as well as their victories. We will also take a behind-the-scenes look at how they plan to change the world for good. Follow along so you too can learn how to make a difference in your community. Hello, Talking Nonprofits friends. Today we have a guest from the Mission Continues, Doug Pfeffer. He's the Executive Director of the West Region of the Mission Continues. Originally from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, Doug found his way to Washington State via service in both the United States Navy and the United States Army. In the Navy, he served four years as a search and rescue swimmer, and in the Army, he served an additional 20 years as a forward observer. He retired in 2013. After completing his military service, he felt that he still had so much to give back to his community, as well as the veterans who came before him and those to follow. In April 2016, an opportunity came up that he just could not pass by. He accepted the position as a Seattle City Impact Manager of the Mission Continues. Before we go on, I want to, like I said, go Army, beat Navy. (laughs) (laughs) I got both sides, right? (laughs) Go Army, beat Navy. So, uh, Doug, welcome to the Talking Nonprofits podcast. We're happy to have you. Tell us what is Mission Continues and how did it come to fruition? The Mission Continues is a national uh, nonprofit veteran service organization that we're looking to connect veterans that have transitioned from the military with under-resourced communities and try to address the needs of those communities. We're all over the country. We're in 50 plus cities. We've been in existence now for about 13 years. We have really focused on everything from food insecurity to youth empowerment programs to homelessness to a myriad of issues that face communities around the country. For example, I'm located in Seattle, Washington, and we have a couple of communities up here that are that really struggle with things like food insecurity. So we look for veterans that have left the service, and although their time in uniform may be done, they still want to continue to serve, and they may not serve nationally in uniform, but now they're going to turn around and serve their community. So we marry them up with community partners that are doing some amazing things, And these veterans then can come together, experience the camaraderie of working together to move the needle on a particular social need, and still feel like they're having a great impact. I think that a lot of veterans, when they're in the service, they feel like they have an amazing impact. They deploy, they go to these faraway places, they're leading men and women in combat, they're they're really having a great impact, and some of them are very young, and then they leave the service. And all of a sudden, they're making widgets for 40 hours a week. And that feeling of of really having a great impact has dissipated a little bit. What the mission continues aims to do is to harness that desire to serve and that desire to have an impact and plug it into their communities for good. What you guys do is you have underfunded and under-resourced communities. Tell us about some initiatives that you assist with those communities who are underfunded and under-resourced. You have to imagine that some communities struggle with food insecurity. And this is something that we're seeing more and more of in the country with a a widening gap between 
you know, poverty areas as well as people who are very well off. So this gap in the middle forms this sense of food insecurity. We have communities that are, are underfunded, so there's not very many grocery options. There's not a lot of food options. We have areas where people really, really need assistance trying to access, you know, food. So we work to build urban gardens to teach not only the, the, the people, but also the youth of the area how to go ahead and sustainably grow uh, produce for their communities where it can be sold in community markets. We work with food banks to go ahead and increase distribution to food for food. And we kind of work with communities to spruce up community centers and after school programs for kids and, and everything that you can imagine where communities just need a helping hand. Our goal really is to go into a community and not necessarily tell that community what we feel like they need, but rather connect with community leaders to determine and ask them what they need. So if they need help to address food insecurity or they need help to address after school programs or community centers or whatever it may be, then our veterans are working alongside community members to realize those those, uh, asks. And in our community, I know that you guys have built a garden with Bowie High School and also with the El Paso and Fighting Hunger Food Bank. So I see you guys out doing your thing, helping the community, showing them how veterans can connect with our civilians. With that being said, how are you bridging the divide between veterans and non-veterans? I think the, the 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 gap there is really service, you know, and I think that when veterans leave the service, I think a lot of people in the private sector, civilians, people who haven't served, maybe don't really know how to connect with veterans. They might they might not have that shared experience, so they can't really connect with veterans. They feel like there might be a gap there. And I think that veterans too may feel like they they want to become part of the community, but because they didn't grow up in that community, it's difficult for them to, to make that connection. And I'll give you an example. I, I live just outside of Seattle, Washington, but I wasn't raised here. And I was raised in Montreal in Canada. I don't I didn't go to high school here. I didn't go to elementary school here. Although my son feels like he's part of the community because he went to school here and he grew up here. As a veteran that retired here, I don't really feel like I have a shared experience with other civilians that live in the area. But when I get down to business in the community and I work alongside them with this shared goal to bridge the gap to food insecurity or whatnot, now I feel like I'm part of the fabric of that community. And I feel like I'm I'm finally feeling like I'm I'm giving back to my community and I'm becoming part of the community. And I think a lot of veterans miss that when they leave the service. You know, when they leave the service, they feel like they're part of this great community of veterans. They have instant mentors, they have instant connections, they have instant peers, friends, whatever it may be, but then they leave the service and all that kind of goes away. So they're looking for a way to connect with their community and feel like they're part of what's going to make it better. And organizations like the Mission Continues can go ahead and provide that, that avenue for veterans to feel connected to communities. Now, has your connection to the community been affected by COVID? Well, greatly, right? Prior to COVID-19, of course, most of our, well, all of our events were in-person events, whether we were at the Urban Garden or food banks, it was us in person. So when COVID hit, we had to take a step back and figure out how we were going to be able to do this, still keep our veterans feeling that connectedness, 
but all of a sudden in a virtual environment. And we pivoted pretty, pretty quickly to virtual events. And we were able to connect with some other communities to be able to help virtually with nonprofits, to be able to help them with some administrative work that they needed to be done. We began a GROW program, an Operation Green Thumb program, where we had our members foster seedlings in their home that would grow to plants that they could then go ahead and transplant into urban gardens when the the time came for us to be able to come together as a community again. And we were still able, we went, uh, went through a great program of giving blood to be able to increase the, uh, the stock available because COVID-19 created a great blood shortage. So we kind of pivoted to these great virtual events and we're still able to maintain that connectedness between our veterans and the community. Okay. Is it true that the Mission Continues does not receive government funding? Yeah, that's absolutely true. We do not receive any government funding of any kind. All of our funding is public and private funding. We work with corporations, their philanthropic arm with corporate social responsibility teams to really provide a great avenue for them to be able to give to veteran service organizations. And we rely heavily on individual donors also. I noticed on your website that you have from, I guess from the beginning, you have all the revenue from every year from, you know, all the spending and revenues. Why is it important for your organization or any nonprofit to be transparent in their funding? Well, I mean, I think it's it increases trust in the community, right? And I think that every nonprofit's responsibility is to create a level of transparency where the public not only understands where the donations are going, but also how the donations are being are being used and how they're being used on the ground, what programs and how the programs are being funded for two reasons. One, I think that generally speaking, people want to know where their money goes. You know, if I donate to a nonprofit, I want to know it's just not going into a black hole somewhere that nobody knows what's going on. But also because it gives an idea to the public of just how much investment goes into these programs and how, and the difference that it can make in veterans' lives. So I think the more transparent we can be with our own funders, the better it's going to be for, for everybody, really. I believe in being honest and transparent, and I really appreciate that you all are exemplifying that. I noticed on your leadership team of The Mission Continues that there is so much diversity. What does a diverse leadership team bring to The Mission Continues? I think it brings a a couple of things. One, I think it brings a level of education across the board for all of our team to be able to be empathetic to not only the communities that we serve, but to each other. I think that we really value what it means to come from different cultural backgrounds and what that means for our veterans. It's important in the communities that we go into. It's important in the communities that we work with, but it's also important amongst our veterans to know that their voices are going to be heard and that diversity is one of our main goals. We don't want to necessarily be the kind of organization that sits in an ivory tower somewhere and just kind of does things in the community. We want to exemplify that, not only in the diversity of our organization, but also in our membership base. Well, I, I, I want to let you know that a few years ago, I had one of your fellows in, in my office, and she was... Awesome. I don't remember her name, but she really turned 
our office around within those six months and she was outgoing, very smart, you know, just, just a great contributor to, to the program. So I want to make sure that I share that when you all work with veterans, you're getting the, the cream of the crop. You're getting people who are smart, people who uh, have integrity. So I, I want to thank you guys for sharing her talent with us with the Fort Bliss program. Um, you know, I'll, I'll add to that, too, when you said that you had her serving in your office. You know, when you talk about the diversity of our organization, I think it's great to mention, too, that over half of our members are, are women. Women make up a very small percentage of the military forces, but they make up over half of our membership. And that's really because organizations like ours are, are not only welcoming women amongst our ranks, but truly empowering them to make a difference and to, and to, to definitely feel like they're part of the solution moving forward. So we really champion the fact that um, over half of our members are women. Yay, mission continues, and yay, women. <laughs> yeah, I'm a veteran too, so yay, yay for the veteran women. Nonprofits are created to make a positive impact in our local communities and the world. What do you think our communities need more of? You know, I, I think that what it comes down to is this. I think that when you look at the veteran community and their desire to serve, and they go into the military, and they and they do this because of a ingrained desire to want to have an impact and serve. And I think that communities around the country could benefit from the same level of service and commitment at the, at the civil level. I'm a big fan of civil service. I'm a big fan of everybody doing some level of civil service or some kind of service, whether it be in the military or in their community. I think that if more people came out to be part of the difference and to serve their communities and to really do it selflessly with an eye towards improving the communities that we live in, then I think we would be better off in general. I love to see the youth activated. I love to see young young uh, women and young men, you know, get out there and make a difference in their community because that's the next generation. That's the generation that in five, six years are going to be the ones that are going to continue to bring that service-oriented mindset and want to make a difference in their community. So I think if there's one thing that communities need is for and to come together and focus on, on all giving back. As part of your core values, there's six core values here, I believe. Work hard, trust, learn and grow, respect, and have fun. Could you talk about, first of all, talk about your learning core value? One of our core values is learn and grow, and we feel like everything's a learning moment. Everything is a moment to learn, and then once you learn, you should grow from it. So if you make a mistake or if, an, or if a member makes a mistake or a staff member makes a mistake or does something wrong, we're quick to acknowledge that it's okay to make a mistake. And then we try to grow from it and we all learn from it and we use it as a teaching moment. Everybody that comes into contact with our organization has an opportunity to grow as an individual. We have a fantastic service leadership core program where an individual that volunteers with us, if they so choose, they could apply to the service leadership core program. And go through a six-month, um, you know, uh, virtual type program, in-person type program. We have different options for them to grow as an individual, to grow as a leader, and then to continue to assemble these tools that they can give back. So we're definitely a learn and grow mentality organization. And what about there is a, a women's initiative as well? Is that correct? Could you talk yep. about that a little more? 
Sure. So it started out as a Women's Veteran Leadership Summit. So once a year, we were hosting a summit where we would bring women veteran leaders from around the country together. We brought in guest speakers, we brought in mentors, and we it turned into a long weekend of really a weekend of empowerment. But that grew and the desire for it to grow and the need for it to grow basically had it mushroom out into an, a full-blown program where now we have a women's veteran leadership program where we connect women with uh, mentors who have done some amazing things in the community. We have some amazing guest speakers. They go through an entire six-month program where they learn how to amplify their voice and how to be more effective and, and really just, just a great opportunity for them to learn and grow. Also, a part of your core values is fun. And I love the fact that you have fun. What are some fun things that takes place within the organization? Well, so a lot of our events that we do when we do them in the communities, you know, we're out at these food banks, sometimes we're out at schools and we're out, you know, doing painting and it can be it can be a long day in the sun sometimes. I mean, out in El Paso, you know, it gets hot, right? So you're out there all day and it could get really warm. And that's a, that's a tough environment, I think, for volunteers to work in all day. So we try to bring things like a DJ or we try to bring things like a have a little impromptu dance party where everybody can have a good time in the community. Maybe we bring a, a local uh, member. They do, they do have a business where they do some great barbecue and we'll put together a big barbecue at the event where we try to turn it into a great community event. We always try to make it fun for our members whether it be bringing mascots from local sports teams out or, or just trying to make it a fun environment for them to volunteer. And I think that more people want to volunteer if it's not such a chore, if it feels like it's fun and it's something that's community oriented. When we have kids come out, we always try to have volunteer opportunities for kids where they can have fun, where they don't feel like they're just being toted around by their parents to go to these volunteer events. We want it to be fun for them. And as for our staff, we try to have fun also. We try to make sure that we let off a little bit of steam occasionally. We we have some great sort of movie nights that we do. We have some great things. Matter of fact, this Wednesday in the middle of the afternoon, one of our staff members is getting married. So during this COVID-19 crisis, of course, we can't all be together. We're going to be joining in in the service virtually through a Zoom session so that our entire staff can be at his wedding. Wow, that's great. But I have a question for you. Sure. Can you do the Cupid Shuffle? Is that one of the fun things that you guys do? I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I do not know what the Cupid Shuffle is. <laughs> so, That's a group dance. Are the electric slides? And she said that I you could probably do dance. the electric slide. Bear in mind, I'm, I'm, I'm an older veteran, so I, I, may, I, may, I may have slipped and fallen in the generation gap there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I could probably figure it out, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So that sounds like some fun things. And I mean, great, great times with your, with your volunteers, great times with your staff that causes a team cohesion when you're having fun together. Do you have to be a veteran to sign up for the mission continues? No. So uh, a lot of people think that it's because it's a veteran service organization that you have to be a veteran, but you don't. And I think one of the beautiful things about the mission continues is that we want our veterans to be serving alongside community members. And that's the magic, really. So it's not about just a bunch of veterans coming in for one day project and then they, they get out. This is about working alongside with community members, working alongside with people who are veterans, people who are not veterans, community impact individuals, local council members, 
whatever it may be, to all work together for one particular initiative. So no, you do not have to be a veteran to join the Mission Continues. Matter of fact, we encourage a lot of community members to come out and work alongside veterans. It, it helps in a lot of ways. So you guys also do partnerships. I know that you've partnered with Team RWB. What other partnerships have you had over the years? Well, so with other nonprofits, we've worked quite a bit with Team RWB, with Team Rubicon, with Wounded Warrior Project. We've worked a lot with the Wounded Warrior Project. We've done a lot of work with military installations, with transitioning veterans that come out. Because when veterans transition from the military, of course, they're looking for, again, where they can go ahead and connect with their veteran tribe. So the mission continues is a great opportunity for veterans who transition from the military to continue to feel that connectedness to other veterans. So several different nonprofits that we worked with over the years. And we also work a lot with some of our corporate sponsors. We have some great corporate sponsors like USAA. We have Starbucks. We have Boeing or some great. And the list is very, very long on our website. We try to work with several different corporate partners. You guys are spreading the camaraderie with veterans, corporations, and other nonprofits. Oh, yeah. I really, I really admire your initiatives. So we're going to have how you can sign up on for the mission continues in our notes. And I want to thank Doug for being a part of our Talking Nonprofits podcast. Thank you so much. And uh, could you say something in French for us? Sure. Durant les 24 ans que j'étais dans l'armée et dans, euh, dans l'armée, j'ai beaucoup d'amis et j'aimerais bien que tous mes amis euh, me rejoignent pour les projets qu'on donne, qu'on fait dans les communautés. I just said that out of the 24 years that I served in the military, I'd love all my friends to join me for the community projects. All right. And this is my friend. Oui, oui. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so everybody tell a friend about Talking Nonprofits, where our goal is to connect nonprofits to the community. Again, thank you, Doug, for being a part of it. I wish you guys great success in the, with the mission continues. Thank you very, very much. I'm happy to have been here. Thank you. Each week to learn about a nonprofit's journey by subscribing to Talking Nonprofits wherever you receive your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And as always, if you have any questions or would like to be featured on the show, send a note via the contact form on our website. Until next time, be the difference.